This is our fourth session, and I believe our last one, on Colossians 3, 12-14. And just by way of review, put on then as God's chosen ones, or as God's chosen, holy and loved. So we're chosen, we're holy, we're loved. So have that in your heart and mind always as you put on as articles of clothing, or perhaps, um, I tried to picture this as sashes, or I um, can't think of the word shawls, the things that go around your neck with emblems on them to signify perhaps some degree that you just received, or some identifying feature of some group that you belong to. In other words, this may not be put on seven sweaters, but rather put on seven identifying um, markers that hang around your neck. And you'll see why that might make sense later. Put them on, and as you put them on, be aware of yourself as this, and here's what you put on. Bowels of mercy. We talked about that word, bowels. Kindness, lowliness, meekness, long-suffering. And then these two participles, bearing with one another, and second, forgiving one another, if anyone has a complaint against one another. So there are what? One, two, three, four, five, and then if you count the participles as part of the group, six, seven of these articles of identifying garment of some kind to put them on and mark yourself out as belonging to that kind of group defined by these kind of virtues. And then we pointed out last time that it's not easy to see how these work sometimes in real life, because here, for example, you're told to bear with somebody, and here you're told to forgive them. Forgiving seems to imply that they have recognized that they've wronged you, and they've apologized, and you've let it go, and it's a, a resolution. But bearing with, or literally the word is enduring, sounds like, well, maybe they don't recognize or admit that they've done you wrong, and you just have to go on enduring that, and he wants you to endure it and not uh, create a division over it. And when, when do you do one and when do you do, you do the other? W when are things uh, so bad, like a crime perhaps has been committed, that to bear with would be sinful? So the ambiguities there, I suggested, are solved, or at least Paul provides some help in these two ways, one and two. And we looked at one last time, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you forgive. In other words, instead of focusing on all the ways that you have been wronged, rather focus on the ways that you have wronged Jesus and how amazingly he has forgiven you as the Lord has forgiven you. In other words, be more amazed at the wrongs you have done God than the wrongs people have done you, and that God, in spite of all those, has forgiven you. And that, he says, will go a long way to helping us sort out 
how we apply these. That's my suggestion last time for how he helps us with the perplexities and ambiguities. So, Father, as we look at this second one now, I pray that you would guide us so that we become this kind of amazingly loving people. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, I'm suggesting that now Paul concludes this section by telling us another way that will help us discern how forbearing or enduring relates to forgiving and how all these others work. And the way he does it is, over all these, sometimes it's translated above, but I don't think he means as superior to, but rather as encircling. So here's my picture in my mind. He has said, put on these seven things. And now he says, over them. Now, you, you might think overcoat or something that covers them all. Maybe, but you get this word bond here. And over all these put on love, which is a bond of completeness. Now, that word bonds in Greek was used one other time in Colossians back in 2.19, and it referred to uh, ligaments, the bond that hold bones together and hold parts of your body together, referring to the whole church. But this, this is different, it seems to me. This bond is uh, on a person who has put on these virtues. So I'm suggesting something like a, a sash or a belt that gathers up all seven of these and holds them together in a coherent completeness. So over all these qualities put on love, it is a kind of sash or belt or bond that when it gathers up all of these, there is a com completeness or a maturity in us that Paul is after. Now, one of the reasons I'm a little bit hesitant to say that it is completely distinct as an overcoat or a belt is that when you look at these seven virtues, four of them at least are included in love, according to 1 Corinthians 13. Love is long-suffering. We have that here in verse 12 of Colossians. Love is kind. Love is kind. And we have that here. So he's put on kindness, put on long-suffering. And then he says, over all these put on love, whereas love includes long-suffering and kindness. And then, and then we keep going, love does not envy or boast. It's not arrogant. So the opposite of arrogant is a lowliness or meekness. And so that's included in love. And then, and then you get to the end of this description of love in 1 Corinthians 13, and he says, love bears all things which is virtually the same as bearing with one another. So we can't treat over here as if 
love is um, a garment or a belt or a sash that is completely different from all of these. It's not. Love comprehends all of those. In fact, isn't that what bond of completeness is suggesting? In other words, love is the kind of thing that when you experience it, when you are a loving person, it gathers up all of the virtues of the Christian life that are listed here, and it sums them up. And it's remarkable, isn't it, that Paul speaks of love in a summing up way like that in Romans here, owe no one anything except to love one another, for the one who loves one another has fulfilled the law. So the whole law is filled up by love. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandment are summed up in this one word, you shall love your neighbor. So it is a fulfilling, it is a summing up. One more, love. In verse 10, love does no wrong to a neighbor, therefore love is the fullness. Same as fulfill up here. So Paul thinks of love as a disposition or quality or trait or condition of the heart which is comprehensive, and when it functions as uh, something living in your life, it binds everything together in a kind of wonderful, loving completeness. So what I'm suggesting is that when you bump into ambiguities, between, say, bearing with and forgiving, or any other ambiguities that might turn up in real-life experience here, the goal is to become this kind of person and experience a disposition in you that functions in a way that binds all the pieces that sometimes seem at odd with each other binds them together in completeness. Love guides you into a kind of maturity and completeness. This word completeness here is the same as the word maturity in 128. Him we proclaim, warning everyone, teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature or complete in Christ. Or Colossians 4.12, Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ Jesus greets you, always struggling on your behalf in his prayers, that you may stand mature, that is, complete, and fully assured in all the will of God. So this love here, which is the, the more excellent way and the all-comprehending quality of the Christian life, gathers up every other goodness and every other rejection of wrong and gives a certain maturity and completeness to the Christian life when it is functioning as it ought. And I would just draw attention to one other thing. He began this text by saying, put on then as God's chosen, holy, and loved these things. So being loved by God was foundational to our experience of these seven qualities. And therefore, I don't doubt that 
when he ends by saying, over all these put on love, he's sending our mind back to the fact that we are loved, that God's love has been poured into our hearts so that this binding love that gathers up like a belt or a sash all these other articles of clothing or these markers that we have hung around our neck as identifiers of Christianity, this love here is divine love. It's God's love. It's the Holy Spirit at work in our lives. And that would be the main focus of how we bring our lives into the kind of completeness or maturity that enables us to put all this together in a beautiful pattern of life.